0: The Stirpod Network from the University of Stirling Podcasting Society. Find out more at www.stirpod.co.uk.
1: Hello, my name is Ed. I am
2: the secretary of Stirpod, that's the University of Stirling Podcasting Society 2022 to 2023. In the following recording, there is about five minutes that was missed because of a battery issue with the recording device.
1: That was fixed and we were able to continue recording. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the Global Justice Society's hustings
2: for the local council elections 2022. Enjoy.
3: Thanks, everyone, for coming to um, the first in a while um, election hustings for the Stirling Council elections, um, in person at least. Um, hopefully, we can have this going uh, more regularly uh, going forward. Um, I'm Lewis, and this is Harun. We're members of Global Justice, the group that's organized this. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to hear what uh, our candidates have got to say Um uh, yeah um, so yeah we we think that like local elections are um really important um they don't get as much um well almost any coverage um generally and i think it's really important that we have these sorts of things so that um, the people we elect um have um, this is more it's more democratic the way they're elected they've got um, there's more transparency there um, and if yeah the people have an opportunity to really um, ask those questions that are that could be, could be quite difficult. but yeah, we'll see. Um, Hi, right, so I will um, just go get the boring go over and done with very quickly. Um, so we're not expecting a fire alarm or a fire drill today. so if there is a fire alarm going off, uh, it is real. Um, and uh, yeah, if everyone uh, leaves calmly through one of the fire exits, there's one there, there's one there, and there's one there. Um, and you can just follow the fire exit signs. They're like very, very close to um, the outside, so that shouldn't be a problem. Um, but we can, we'll also be there to direct you. Um, if you need the toilet, um, then just the quickest way is either out through what, this door or that door. Um, and then you um, just follow the corridor along. The ladies is on the left, um, and if you go a little bit further through the doors, there is a men's and a disabled toilet, Um, and there are also uh, gender-neutral toilets, um, which I think the closest ones are in um, the atrium. Um, Yep. Um, Other than that, uh, this is being recorded... Um for transparency purposes as well, for people that maybe aren't here but would like to um hear after. Um uh, so yeah, it's been recorded um and I'll have to thank the Podcasting Society for um, setting all that stuff up. Um yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Um I'll pass on to Harun who's gonna get us introduced. Yeah, so uh, welcome everybody and I'd like to just thank all the candidates for attending. It's a very important event to just like ask questions specific to things that certain university students and members of the community care about, especially environmental issues. So, um, in terms of who is here, I mean, that's, uh, that's who we're looking for. Um, to my right here, we have uh, Faizan Rappan, uh, who's the Scottish Liberal Democrats candidate for the ward of Dunblane and Bridget Allen. Um, following on, it's Amy Smith, the Scottish Greens candidate for the ward of Stirling North, uh, on and on. There's uh, Rachel Nunn, who is the Conservative and Unionist candidate for the ward of Stirling North. And alongside that, we have Jim Thompson, who is the Scottish National Party candidate for the ward of Stirling North. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that was <laughs> the, 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 the structure. Um, yeah, we'll briefly go over the structure for this evening. Um, so we're going to start, each candidate's going to have an opportunity uh, to present a statement, um, an opening statement, um, after which we'll have uh, a couple of general questions, um, followed by a little break um, where we're going to do a Mentimeter um, and people can um, uh, answer a couple of questions, and we'll have a look at the results of those and see if quite interesting. Uh, then we'll go on to um, each candidate, will then get a um, more personalised question, uh, and then we'll open to the floor, um, and then we'll finish again with the closing statement. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, from this point, we'd like to start with opening statements. Um, so yeah, we'll just
2: start
4: with my like time. Okay.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, after everything we've been through uh, the last couple of years, Scotland needs new hope right now and uh, you'll find with the Scottish Liberal Democrats, we're the only ones offering new hope. Uh, Across Scotland, our councillors and uh, candidates are thrilled by what community can mean. We see the best in people, and uh, we want uh, the best for them. Um, If something isn't working, uh, um, we all try and work to get it all fixed. It's time to move on from the division that's held Scotland back for so long. Uh, we All of us need to lay behind, um, lay aside the talk of independence referendum and get on to grips with what matters right now so we can get things fixed after COVID. That starts getting uh, Scotland back on its feet after these last two years of the pandemic and by recognising that our people are facing the biggest hit to household budgets in a generation. We face so many challenges, two years of disruption in our schools, the longest ever waits for medical appointments the climate emergency, so what are we going to do about it? Uh, here in Stirling, I've been campaigning about uh, a number of issues, uh, and I think um, we need to always encourage people to recycle more. So um, we need to bin the brown bin poll tax, which is discouraging people from recycling uh, green waste. We should, uh, instead of cutting back on the blue bin, we should have a better blue bin recycling. Um, it's, it's bizarre that the Stirling Council, uh, on its webpage, uh is that it has larger capacity grey landfill bins and, and offers that to people it also has large capacity blue recycling bins, but it doesn't tell people those are available. So you're you're thought that the council may be encouraging people to recycle more. Um, around Stirling, you see um, cycle paths, uh, and we believe that we want to see a, a lot better uh, in terms of active travel. Although cycle paths are very disjointed across Stirling. Um, if you notice by Bridge of Island train station, there's a segregated cycle lane that lasts for about 5 or 10 metres and that's it. It's a bit silly. So what we'd want to see is like like a proper cycle lane that runs all the way from the University through Bridge of and all the way through to Dunblane, that sort of thing. So you have a proper um, cycle lane that gets from A to B. Um, also, we want to encourage um, public transport. So, um, the council last year had a consultation on closing Bridge of Island train station. Uh, obviously, that just seems a bit of a, a crazy idea. We, n- we need to encourage public transport, um, and as part of what uh, the Liberal Democrats are saying across Scotland, is that now ScotRail has been taken into public ownership, uh, the Scottish Government have control over railfare um, rises. The Scottish um, SNP Green government. Okay, it's um, going to be
3: ten seconds more Should, to be should
2: um, not be raising uh, welfare's. Um, so, thank you very much, <laughs> and uh, I <I'll laughs> look forward to the next. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yes, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, James. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's really good to see you, um, like Karen said, my name is Amy Smith, I use she for pronouns, I am standing for the Scottish Green Party in the Stirling North Ward, which includes the university. So before coming into politics, last year I was the Student Union President at the university and the year before that the Vice President, and in that time I worked to secure a rent freeze um, on all, all on-campus accommodation and um, introduced a community building initiative that helped to connect over 200 students during the pandemic. I also was an advocate for the university taking strong and ambitious climate action and um, helped organise some of the first climate strikes in 2019 in Stirling. So I would like to take that ambition to the council now. And what I would really like to see from Stirling Council in the next five years is an accelerated climate plan. Their current target is 2045, which I just don't think is good enough. Um, I would also like to see rent controls be implemented as soon as that legislation is passed through Holyrood. Um, I would like to see more um, community building and more of a proactive approach to involve communities in local council decision making, including on council budgets. I would like to see the council supporting and encouraging more employers to take on the living wage initiative so that everyone has paid a fair wage. I would like to see councillors all working together in Stirling Council to ask Falkirk Pension Fund to divest from fossil fuels and I'm sure lots of other things that we will talk about tonight. So I'm really looking forward to hearing all your questions and yeah thank you for your time
1: good evening thanks for coming out tonight my name is Rachel Nunn and I'm the Scottish Conservative candidate for Stirling North which is probably most of you here your ward some people make mistakes thinking that the Scottish Conservatives are not serious about climate change and I can tell you that you're wrong and I'll explain why in Stirling we're very serious about climate change I suspect, and with uh, that, I'm the only person here in this panel who has won or been a finalist for UK and national awards for my work on climate change. I suspect I'm the only person who's advised the Welsh, Scottish and UK governments on aspects of climate change. And that's what tonight's uh, evening was about, was about climate change and our work on climate change. And I know for the fact that I'm the only person sat on this panel tonight who has an active case with Environmental Standards Scotland, which is uh, speaking to the Scottish government about the flimsiness of the Climate Change Act 2009 and its amendments 2019, because that is legislation that is simply not fit for purpose. And... And as it currently stands, it allows all councils across Scotland to do very little on their carbon footprints across their local authority areas. Now I've been chosen to stand for this seat because this is a seat that we think we will get because of my knowledge on climate change. And so I hope that underlines why we're so serious about helping Stirling get to net zero uh, by 2045. The final straw for me for putting myself forward as a candidate was when I read Sterling Council's Climate and Nature Emergency Plan now. I hope most of you have done your homework and have read it and you'll be, like me, absolutely astounded that that can get passed uh, and adopted by Sterling Council because it really is not fit for purpose. The Committee on Climate Change say local authorities should have plans to deliver 30% minimum uh, emissions cuts in a local authority area—that's a very defensible figure. For many local authorities, authorities that could go up to 60%. And do you know what the ambition in Stirling Council is? It is between two and five percent. That is all that the Stirling Council Nature, uh, Climate and Nature Emergency Plan will give us. Under the SNP so for a decade.
3: Say just another
1: ten seconds. Yes. The. Uh, We've lost a decade of decisive action on on meeting net zero, and we've got eight years left to make the kind of changes that we need to get to 1.5 degrees. The decisions that you make on May the 5th count for five of those eight years. Please consider carefully the experience on this panel if you care about climate change when you cast your vote. Thank you.
4: Uh, John Thomson's my name. I've uh, had the pleasure of having served Stirling Council since 2007. Uh, it might be an advantage, it might be a disadvantage, who knows uh, But what I can say is that uh, Stirling Council has a proud record of climate change. Uh, I was the councillor in 2007 and the 2009 Act did enable us. Uh, we were required to, to recycle 40% by the year 2020. Now, in 2018, we had achieved 35%. Now, that's all measurable, and it's on the council website. Um, But there is a climate emergency, and we have declared uh, uh, the, the, the fact that we have to do something. And I'm afraid, Rachel, you're wrong, we've already achieved a lot and there is much more to do and I, I've got 12 pledges here which we'll, we'll come to if, if needs be on how we achieve um, zero, zero waste. But we've already done a lot and I wish, I, I wish people would, would recognise that. But I would first of all I'd like to correct something we said about Bridge and Rail Station. Nobody is proposing that the rail station is closed. What is being proposed is a new rail station, either alongside the current station, or instead of the current station. It would be centrally located. It would serve a lot more people than where it is at present. But that's a decision for the the local people to make. what have done as a council? Well, I've, I've, I've actually got about uh, 20 items here, well, but I'll stick to three because I think it's important that you, you understand what's happening at Stirling Council. Um, we, uh, we did get government funding, and build we built the largest solar electric vehicle station in, uh, in Castle in still Stirling, 132 vehicles. Now, not many people here tonight will have electric cars, but that's the direction we're moving in. We worked with Scottish Water um, to use the the waste energy from their their sewage treatment plant. We're using that to heat buildings in fourth side, including the Stirling Albion's ground and the peak. Um, uh, uh, Another one I think is important, and, and and this is key to a lot of what we're doing. The council housing stock, we fitted photovoltaics on the roofs. We have saved 6,700 tons of CO2, in addition to taking people out of fuel poverty. 88% of our housing stock is now insulated. 99% have cavity insulation. Our our, uh, carbon emission, per house is 2.13 tonnes compared to the average Scotland in 6 to 7 tonnes. So we are doing things, but we have a lot more to do, we've set ourselves ambitions, which I believe are, are achievable, and as I say, I, I could run through our pledges, I'll quite happily do that, or I can leave it uh, with you that uh, we can discuss at uh, a later date. But we're, we're doing good things, but as I've already pointed out, a lot more to do, but we're heading in the right direction.
3: So we have a a couple uh, questions generally for all the candidates to answer. You will have a few minutes to answer. Um, The first question, which I think will just be quite broad in general, um, what can you pledge to do during your time in office to improve sustainability in the local area?
2: And uh, I'll start with Faizan. Yeah, um, the Liberal Democrats are very really keen on Scotland moving towards a, a circular economy. So that means trying to minimise anything going to landfill. Um, and so, um, whilst um, bins are a big issue for everybody and um, everyone wants bins to be collected on a regular basis, we need to encourage recycling to, uh, as much as possible. And, and that means also, from a, a Scottish point of view, uh, making sure that the things that are uh, going through supermarkets can be be recycled. Um, we um, the the the, um, the 2045 plan was uh, also mentioned by the other two candidates, and I also read that plan as well. And when I what stuck in my throat was by 2045, uh, Sterling Council plans to leave thousands in fuel poverty. By that date, now um, the Liberal Democrats um, we're saying right now that we want to insulate every home across Scotland to um, to deal with the cost of fuel crisis, uh, the cost of living crisis. And if we insulate all homes properly to a proper decent standard, then obviously that's going to make a, a massive drop on uh, people's fuel bills. We want to see uh, new homes built that uh, like. Uh, to passive house standards. Uh, That was in our previous manifesto for the Scottish Government. And if uh, homes are fitted to such a high standard, uh, then fuel uh, the Fuel bills will be really, really lower. We've already mentioned about um, active travel, want to be able to encourage people uh, to be able to be able to safely cycle to, from places to work to home or to school, and they can only do that if we've got decent cycle lanes across Sterling. Um, thank you. I think. It's Good. It's good.
0: So there's a lot in your question, (laughs) that's for sure, and I do definitely agree with what you're saying about active travel, that there needs to be um, a lot more improvement in that. The Scottish Greens and Government have managed to secure record investment in active travel infrastructure, but what we need to make sure happens at a local level is, well firstly that Sterling and our community benefits from that but also that we are helping communities to access bikes, to learn how to cycle a bike. All of these really important things that make sure that that infrastructure doesn't just get not used. Um, I would also like to see the council introduce a zero waste plan um, and to extend recycling in the town centre. I don't know if many of you live in the town centre, but there's really just like those two big recycling bits for the whole of the town centre. And I think it is really difficult that um, and different parts of the town centre, you'll have a different bin system. So, on one street you might live on, you have a purple bag, on one, you might have like a shared bin. And I think it really is confusing, especially within Stirling North, where we have such a sort of transient population, people who move around each year, and a lot of students. So, we should be encouraging students to recycle. I mean, the council has all of the data because you have a council tax exemption. So, there should be a letter that says, like, Welcome to Sterling Council, here's how this works, here's where and how you can recycle. And if you aren't sure of anything, here's to contact, but as a, someone who's rented in different parts of Stirling for six years I never saw any of that um, I would also echo your point about insulation I think the council should be supporting households to better insulate their properties obviously as renters that's really difficult to do, um, so I would bear that in mind. I would also like to see the council implement their pollinator strategy that was worked on with the, um, the NGO on the verge and lastly, really quickly to touch on air quality issues, um, there's a trial at the moment where I live in Riverside on closing some of the, the school areas and so yeah more air quality monitoring around schools would be great. I think that's about my time. <laughs> Thank you. Okay going back to the,
1: the, the point of this evening was to talk about climate change net zero carbon emissions. So the first thing to ask is where are the emissions coming from and the emissions largely are coming from transport and then from our buildings. So Jim talked about housing in Stirling having 2.1 tons of of, of CO2 emissions versus a Scottish uh, average of six or seven tons. And that's that's very clever wording because my understanding is that that 2.1 is from Stirling Council's housing stock. And Stirling Council doesn't have a very large housing stock compared to other authorities like Falkirk. And the six to seven tons is from... All the domestic housing stock and we have done in Scotland a good job uh, and, and Stirling Council uh, officers have done a fantastic job of their own housing stock but the big job next to do is owner-occupier stock uh, and private rented and there there's, there's a very difficult job because to properly retrofit and uh, both insulation and then uh, zero carbon uh, heating technologies, the cost of that is a minimum twenty-four thousand, and much more likely to be thirty-five thousand. And finding the finance for that is a very difficult thing. So one of the things that I pledge to do uh, when, uh, if I am elected, is and uh, certainly our team will be doing, is talking about how we can raise the finance sustainably uh, instead to. Help Help support the rollout of uh, the retrofit for the owner occupied stock because that is where the emissions are currently coming from. In terms of public transport, to deal with public transport, we've set out, and I've set out in my leaflet, that we will argue for statutory powers for public transport because a local authority currently cannot command. Uh, buses to go on certain routes uh, and uh, have certain types of fare, but that is what you will need to do if you need to get people out of cars, and we have a national target to get people out of cars by 20% by 2030, and the only way to do that is to make public transport more convenient and more affordable. We haven't touched on land use, that's another big area of admission, so another pledge from me is to look at the wide footprint across Stirling Council and understand what the landowners are doing with their land, what the nitrogen use is in farms, to understand um, the the carbon sinks that we have, whether those are through our peatlands and, and, and tree coverage. And in terms of active travel, that will be an integral part of any uh, transport or road planning uh, activity that we that we do. So so active travel isn't set out on its own. And where will we put a exactly? cycle? It's an integral part of every spend. Um, and and I'm finally, to stop you there. yes, that's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs>
4: I think every candidate has touched on what we all want to do. But I think Rachel's hit on something that's that's very difficult to achieve. And that is how Stirling Council can afford to pay for private households to insulate the property. And I totally agree we've got to find a way to to, to manage that. Um, We had a difficulty, Rachel, when we were fitting photovoltaics that uh, people had bought their council house. We offered them the opportunity to... Uh, take the photovoltaics. Many just didn't bother, despite the fact we were giving them a massive discount because of the, the bulk buying. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I'd love to know how we can achieve it. Uh, everybody's touched on on, on the act of travel. Uh, if you're living in Stirling and uh, travel, you'll, you'll see that we've already started on the route from uh, the college to the city centre um, and the university to the uh, railway station will commence uh, next year. So we've got two fairly major active travel routes that are planned. The bus companies um, totally agree, um, but what we uh, intend to do in the SNP, and um, acknowledge that we can't compete with the big bus companies, but the new Act of 2019 allows us to work in partnership. So, if elected, one of my plans is to invite the bus companies in to work with us. There's no point trying to compete when routes uh, are are not viable. So, if we can share profit and and work together. Now, we've touched on on railway stations and I think that's key because we have electrified the line. And we do know that Network Rail um, has timetabling gaps. So, we are planning and we've already started the process We uh, tac trainer are working on our behalf to, to do a study to see if we can introduce new railway stations at Kiwi or, or Barnetburn in that area um, when it calls we head because we believe that there are people, and maybe we want to touch upon where you are having to live at the minute because of the high cost of rental in Sterling. But people are moving, are living in Bannockburn, people are living in Aloha and having to travel into the university. A rail station at Causeway Head would make it so much easier with electric bikes, etc., links to the university. I, I, I could go on, as I say, I've got I've got 12 points here, but I think it, it, it's fair to say, well, we all share that ambition. I think we're all here tonight for that very reason that we care about climate change and the impact it's having on people's lives. And fuel poverty is going to be one of the major things. It's already happening. Uh, I, and I, I, I could tell you stories uh, of the past week. People have come to us who either can't pay their rent or can't eat their home or feed their children. It's there. It's now. And we've got to do something about it.
3: Uh, fantastic. Thanks, guys. There were some uh, really good answers there uh, to those questions, uh, and it's it's great to see that um, even uh, across the spectrum, there is um, there is that broad-based support for for taking action on, on climate change. Um, I, sort of in in relation to that. So, um, I mean, during the last council session, um, the, um, the the council did, they did, as you said before, they declared a climate emergency and um, set a net zero target by. 45, uh, but a lot of people um, think that the target is not enough. Um, so, first of all, do you think it's good enough, and um, what would, how, how could you change that to bring it forward? Um, and we'll start from the other side. Yeah, okay.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, it was a, a working group, an all-party working group looked at this document, so um, it, it's, uh, it's come up from all angles. I, I I have a, a serious concern about 2045, but what we've done has been measured and it's achievable. The, the problem we face is that what, what we have done is produce a document for Stirling Council, not for the wider community. And uh, I'm sure Rachel will touch upon that because she did some good work about 15 years ago on on, um, persuading businesses to work with us. And if we can't take the public with us, if we can't take businesses with us, we're not going to meet the target in any case. So one of the key things we need to do, and this is something that, again, I'm I'm, I'm planning to do... Sorry, Jim, sorry, I'm Do you mind speaking a little bit louder? Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I I tend to to, uh, look up. Yeah, What, what we're planning to do is to get an ambassador into every village and every town, even into every community, council area, if that's at all possible, because we need to work together on this. No one person can do it alone. Sterling Council is a part to play. Scottish Government is a part to play. But we as a community have got to buy into this and make it happen.
1: Thanks. Okay, yeah, 2045, no, no good at all. Um, the document was missing a lot more than that. So if you are going to n- say, I'm going to go here sit here because so the first point. here and uh, I need to do all these things you need to know right where you're starting from you need a baseline now Stirling Council wasn't the only council uh, not to have a baseline across the various areas of mission whether it's uh, transport uh, emissions whether it was numbers of cyclists whether it was uh, emissions coming from building and stock whether that's residential or commercial but you need a baseline and there were very few baselines and hence, there were very few, there was no, in fact, in Sterling's uh, strategies outline of how you would move from A to B. Now, I wasn't being unfair. I did a report on this not very long ago and I looked at um, about 15 other councils with with other uh, with some other experts on this and we worked with Climate Emergency UK and, and, and no plan in Scotland, which is why we're taking this up with the Scottish Government, has any plan with proper baselines or with a route map showing all the actions that need to be done, all the resource that is needed, all the challenges and constraints that will have to be overcome. No council in Scotland has that that shows you how the how it's going to meet the, the net zero emissions by 2045. And until we have that document, so I've been writing to uh, the Business Energy and Industrial Strategy uh, Committee at the UK government to try and get some of those, those baselines so that if I'm elected in Stirling, I'll know where to go so that we can set those out. Um, I, and I can't give you a, a clearer answer baselines, route maps, for every single uh, aspect of our emission. And, and, and Jim is absolutely right. I've been talking to a lot of constituents, and I've talked to people who have a background in finance, people with background in environmental science, people with construction backgrounds, because we will all have to come to the table to work out as a society how far we can go and how we are going to do this. And those are conversations that I'm having now. And I hope that you will be part of those conversations. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so as I said from the outset, I don't think that a target of 2045 um, is is a good one. I think by that point, our generation will have inherited a climate catastrophe, and I'm, I guess I'm surprised to hear from my colleagues here that they do not agree with the 2045 um, outcome considering that both of their parties made the plan to begin yes. with so you know it's good if you want to accelerate that then i agree 100 percent and i do think that we need to do like some carbon sort of carbon budgeting to lay out um, where we are now and how we progress through that and um, so yeah i won't add too much more on that but yeah we need to accelerate things soon. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, and, and the Liberal Democrats believe in this uh, very strongly. We're always pushing the Scottish government to go further and faster uh, on everything related to uh, the, the climate emergency. Um, we, there's a concept called 20-minute neighbourhoods, and that's where uh, people can access as much as they can within like a short walking distance. And, and that's what we'd like to see in planning decisions, to make sure that uh, uh, people don't need to have a vehicle to uh, get their shopping. They can get everything quite close by. Um, We've mentioned on this panel about uh, bus and trains. We also need to make sure that everything's properly integrated. So when, when I've been speaking to residents over the past few months, they're saying the, the timetabling between the, the bus, um, when the bus arrives, is quite different from when the train may arrive and that sort of thing. So we need to see uh, all the sort of things between buses and trains joined up and we just need to go further and faster with uh, electric vehicles making sure that, um, that all the, the fleet for Stirling Council is electrified as quickly as possible and um, all, all, all our public sector vehicles uh, should be using electric vehicles um, and making sure that there's charging points everywhere across sterling so that um, it's not just for the, the council workers to use but it's also for the pr- private individuals as well uh, thank you
3: Uh fantastic! Thanks again, guys. There um, there's some uh, some great answers, and I think um, that I don't know, uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, no matter who does get elected, um, we can see that we'll be um, have cross party um, working together um, and not caught up on, on the differences, but working together on the things that you you work together on. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a quick, very short break. Um, so it uh, will say, I mean, five minutes, um, during which uh, there's going to be a couple of and um, questions. So if, if you've not used it before, it's super simple. Um, you just go to menti.com and type in this code, um, and you, you can, can put in a couple, uh, a few, I think three maximum um, of of words which you associate with this question uh, and in the end you'll see uh, everyone's responses and um, put together and um, so there, there's this first one which is for the local area and then there's the next one which is for a national or uh, UK level as well.
5: I guess, so a bit of microphones. For a podcast. Yeah, a yeah I do know. It So just uh, when you're talking, just amplify yourself a, a bit more. Yeah, I'm not you I understand. I Yeah. understand. Yeah. I
4: Can we just say we hold accolades for (laughs) TV charging? (laughs) We have got the densest population, Mm -hmm. and if you want to listen, you know, the biggest charging station in Europe. Yeah,
2: it's it's fantastic. Uh, I want Um, to encourage
4: that. You're you're bringing everything down, down down down. down. we're doing great things. (laughs) I'm disappointed,
2: Oh, I, I think um, the, the park and ride area with the, uh, electric vehicle charging is fantastic.
4: Right, the view, Bridgwater Valley, Dumblane. We're putting them on on the streets. You know, you're, you're, you're bringing down Stirling Castle <laughs> stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So think, you know, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. He's So, we're talking to It doesn't actually connect So just uh, um, yeah. We'll do Thanks. Okay.
5: Yeah. So I uh, okay.
3: I <laughs> know. Okay. Um, well, like well, we'll get your. Um, you've got to go home um, a bit early, right? If I can. That would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
5: So
2: we'll try we'll with we'll, we your yeah. your question just so we can make sure, like, you get your yeah. statement. If I could leave by eight uh, thirty, that would be. Oh, off. perfect. Yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, yeah.
4: yeah,
5: be
3: yeah. fine. Yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. So I think worries. we should definitely. But, the, the, no, be a yeah. Great. Yeah. the open yeah, are running exactly. out. It. I do think oh, you know, it's speaker, you it's right.
5: nationally. That you nationally. Are. Oh, Thank you. Are. Which then would have a
2: you. So, so, so That would make my you. family very happy. It's my youngest boy's birthday today as well. So it's like a double. It's a terrible thing we've got to get home so we can have a birthday cake. How old is he? He's just turned 10. Hold on. I've got four. Oh wow, so he, he's the youngest. Two, uh, <laughs> uh, two at Riverside Primary School and two at uh, Wallace High School across the, the way.
5: Oh,
2: Wallace High School is quite big actually. Oh, we always see older
3: kids coming mm. in. It's always a bit wacky to me because I don't see high school kids anymore. They're just universities. It's a bit yeah. bizarre because yeah, I'm still in so about bit of a hundred skippers
5: and
2: everything. They're well, like you know? well, um,
5: they <laughs> completely
2: different lives at a <laughs> point. <laughs> well, back the front entrance to the universities, Bright Starts and Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, My youngest used to go there for a couple of years. And so, so they just, used to you know, like, come to the well, lake. No, no, they're just podcasting. They're just picking up. Yeah,
3: sometimes on Sundays. Yeah, like maybe, yeah. oh, I used to love yeah, you, I used to see so you, in the park front, uh, and the I like, remember, uh, yeah, yeah, people used to mm-hmm. yeah,
2: exactly. oh, a lovely yeah, look at it's really lovely,
0: lovely, lovely. It yeah. could be a lot nicer. we I
2: always
0: try to
5: but
3: it's like an ongoing thing. we have gotten better for it, recently. still some work to be
5: done.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, <know>.
5: what? <laughs> <laughs> so I said it wasn't just <laughs> i was I was just... Yeah. It's, it's it's yeah. Yeah. I'm to, uh, yeah, i, know. I know. Oh, really am yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 just
0: yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 yeah they're, they're not the I not know <laughs> <source>. um, oh. <laughs> going to
0: I know.
5: I don't know. I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. And it's good to have that big <laughs> center that's just one of the
3: water okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. exactly. um, and stuff that's going to Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get started again. Um okay, we're gonna um get started again. Um so if people could return to their seats. Um, so we'll have a a quick look at what people said, see if there's any uh, similarities. Okay, so it looks like the three four biggest things that we've got for the local area are housing rent, so it's mm-hmm. quite similar. and phase and affordable transport um as well as green spaces. Um so for the people in here who take mm-hmm. that away with you. <laughs> And at a national level, um, yeah, here we go. The investment biodiversity seems to be um, the big ones um, that come up most often. Um, Yeah, interesting. Um, We can possibly, we might post these uh, on our Instagram if anyone's interested um, to get a hold of that um, after this. Okay. Um, we'll move back on to the questions. Now we're going to have our uh candidate-specific questions, and you'll we'll each have a maximum of four minutes for these questions. Oh. Um. Also, anybody on the? Oh, actually, that will come later. Um. So, uh, starting off, uh, for Amy Smith, we question for you. Uh, divestment from companies that affect the environment negatively has been used as a tool to transition to a more sustainable society. And how do you, do, how do you propose to enact such a policy in Stirling?
0: Yeah, so actually Jim and I were just talking about this before the break, but um it is definitely a really complex issue in a local council. So um I'd spoken to Global Justice and probably some of you here at length about divestment before, um, but there are three different councils who all pay into one pension pot. So there's Falkirk, Pat Manager, and Sterling. So there is a limited sort of representation from Stirling Council within that because it's all three councils. So I would like to but hopefully we'll have Greens elected across councils and we can work together to to advocate for that. Um, and regardless of that, whoever our representatives are who, who go to that, that that board, um obviously I would be willing to work with them and put a united you know, front on that. I mean I think it's something that a lot of us here have, have supported today. So I look forward to, to kind of working with, with different parties on that. Um, and yeah, it is a complex issue and uh, I think it is really important though like you said you know it's important to not only move away from fossil fuel investments but things like weapons tobacco all these other kind of unethical things that, that these pension funds will invest in and instead we put that money into things like renewables into the just transition to you know things that are good for people and planet so absolutely that's something I'm committed to working on that I've been working on for a while before and um, standing for for this election and will continue to do so so yeah I don't I definitely don't think that it's an easy thing to achieve, or that it will be a quick win, um, but I think you know, with commitment and with enough um, support from different parties and different people, that that's something that we can look towards and, and achieve. Fantastic. So, uh,
3: the next question is for Rachel. Um, so, in your work in the third sector, working on issues over environmental sustainability, how do you feel um, that will influence your policies on addressing climate change and sustainability locally? Can you
5: just repeat that
3: question? Yeah, sure. So, So, working in the third sector uh, on issues of environmental sustainability, how do you feel um, that your work in the third sector will influence now your policies addressing climate change and sustainability uh, on, a, on a local level?
1: Well, I don't think it's just the third sector that has to be involved. I think, probably somewhat controversially, uh, some third sector organizations haven't given the most helpful messages on climate change and have alienated the wider population. I set up going carbon neutral sterling, and that was what that was all about, was to try and move the conversation to a wider audience so that people weren't feeling targeted and alienated. But the third sector has a huge role to play in helping disseminate messages, but the science and the research absolutely points to the... In the words of uh, the he- uh, Mr. Barry, who's the head of climate change for the Scottish government, the local authorities have influencing powers, and it's those influencing powers uh, which is your policies about how do you get into the town centre, do you have to pay for parking, uh, do you only get to use parking if you car shed, or, all those kinds of things that a, a council could do but might not want to do because it might be unpopular. Those are the most important things he said. So we wrote to him um, and we asked, "Well, what are those? What are those policies that, that councils need to to implement?" And we didn't get a reply back. So, so yes, the third sector has a huge role to play. Everybody has a huge role to play, but the council and public bodies have the biggest role of all. And that's not me saying that. That is the Committee on Climate Change. Loads of amazing minds have looked at this problem and it is local authorities. And that is why with 10 years where we have to make this extraordinary change, I've rolled up my sleeves and said I'm gonna have to become a politician to put some put some speed into this. And I accept absolutely that it's a very difficult thing to do. We require the whole of society. And that is why the conversations that I have with people on the doorstep are about coming to me if I've been elected and helping me understand all the different parts of this so as a society we can agree on what action we're going to take and we can work out how we're going to take that action forward. I'd just like to come back just before you zip me up. Um, Amy Amy said that, uh, that I didn't agree with the 2045 target. I don't want you to understand that I don't agree with net zero by 2045. I just don't agree that that is the only target we have out there somewhere and we don't have interim targets we have to have interim targets, and I'm sure uh, Jim is exactly on the same page as me on that. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. Um, question uh, for our SNP candidate. Um, how do you find uh, your policies in a local area while ensuring young people living locally will be able to have the best skills possible and thrive in a more environmentally friendly area?
4: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I I touched upon earlier that that, that we are a university city. We had that discussion before, is it a city, is it a town? But uh, we'll have to use the phrase city because we get funding because of that. And it it is um, a, a town that isn't large enough to manage everything we would expect of it. We've got a growing elderly population. Uh, We've got a demand for more housing and there is a lack of of housing, affordable housing in the the city centre. We have absent landlords who I'm afraid don't look after their properties which I'm sure you know and uh, if the property isn't well insulated windows leaking. Uh, you, You can of course complain but I, I've dealt with a few students who feel they'll get thrown out of the property if they complain to the landlord. So we've got to get tighter controls over landlords. That's one thing. We we did look at rent controls um, when we came into power. Uh, ourselves and Labour jointly looked at that. And the criteria uh, didn't uh, stack up back in uh, 2017. One of the things we need to look at again is... Can we control rents? The legislation is there, but if we if we don't meet the criteria, we can't do that. But that's something we, we've absolutely got to look at now. And again, you, you've and I'm, I'm afraid this is where you, you might uh, not like it. But the university made a mistake knocking down all the the buildings on campus. Where do people go? If they can't live on campus, they've got to go, and and, uh, you've heard me say it, we know people who have had to move to Aloha, some are still living with their parents in Glasgow because they can't find accommodation in Stirling. You know, I could spend ages because uh, it's a a subject I'm passionate about. Um, And when you leave university, we want you to stay to to help uh, Stirling thrive. So we've got to do it now. We're going to be building more homes. There's there's no doubt about it, but they're not in the right place for for the students and the younger population. They're on the outskirts of Stirling and Bannockburn and and that area. So we've got to look again. There are private companies coming in building properties, but charging an extortionate rent. And you'll know where they are in in the town centre. We've got to find ways to start building properties that are affordable.
3: And uh, our final question. Um, So um, with austerity having deeply affected Sterling um, and widely Scotland, uh, do you find that greater investment, um, or better phrased, you said in your manifesto, "Manifesto," that Sterling is a great investment. Um, how do you ensure that this um, it stays sustainable? Um, yeah, how would you go about that, making sure that the investment that Sterling needs is sustainable and on track with uh, with
2: climate goals? Well, um, the Scottish government needs to make sure that um, it's not pursuing an austerity drive year in, year out. Um, at the moment this year we've got a £250 million cut from the uh, Scottish government to councils Uh, that's really deeply hurting all the councils Um, and in previous years uh, you've seen um, when the the administration brought through the the brown bin poll tax, the Scottish government basically said to all the local councils do this Um, now with, um, uh, with the relaxation on uh, council tax, um, local council could raise tan- council taxes. Uh, but it's just not right that um, the Scottish government cuts the money that um, it's getting from Westminster and doesn't pass it through. It's using it for its own little pet projects. Um, so that, that's specifically about the council tax. Um but um, there's other things like um, we, we want to see uh, like a boost to disability benefits um, for people living locally That um, so they're not hit by the cost of living crisis. And um, adult and child social care is one of the biggest costs in a council. Um, and when you've got all these ring fenced uh, areas that um, the council has a legal obligation to, to provide, uh, it is kind. Of, uh, it is very scary how, you, how you're going to afford to pay it uh, if you don't have the, the right amount of money going into the council. Um, so the council really need decent support from the Scottish government. Thank you. Um,
3: so from this point onwards, we'll shut up. You guys actually uh, ask questions from the audience. Um, if you would like to ask questions, uh, the microphone up there. Yes, will that be fine? Yes. So we're recording for a podcast. So um, <coughs> if you use this mic, you'll still
5: have to amplify.
3: So, yeah. yeah. Yep. And also, if you don't feel comfortable to go up to ask, um, there's some sheets behind these seats here. Uh, with barcodes on them that will lead to a mini meter for us to look at. Where well, you can type out an answer and we'll ask, uh, or we'll uh, express it to the candidates ourselves. And yes, feel free to ask questions, this. Yes. So, for the record, um, for all candidates, um, what is the earliest and the latest um, that you date that you consider consider uh, divesting from the pension fund, um, Falkirk Pension Fund, given that um, no council currently has done so? And um, uh, we'll start with uh, Rachel.
1: Brilliant. Uh, so Amy's laid out. It's not It's not a straightforward process. Mike Berners-Lee, who wrote How Bad at Bananas and also uh, the book about the fact that fossil fuels need to be kept in the ground and fully behind that. However, there's a process. I would start the process straight away. So the process is going out to members. That's all the employees of the council, and giving them the opportunity to vote. That's what happens in every pension program, and there's going to be major change. You go out to members, and so that would be the process, and I would like to start that process straight away. However, we need to bear in mind that we need a baseload uh fuel, cheap energy going into homes and businesses, and currently we don't. Have hydrogen. A report was uh, released about, I don't know, five weeks ago that said the cost of hydrogen, green hydrogen, will be six times the price of gas. So if you think about what you're hearing in the news and what you're seeing in your bills about the cost of living increases, the price of energy rises, it's green hydrogen is not going to be the panacea or the silver bullet that we might hope for. I would like to see us divest from fossil fuels. I would like to see us move towards uh, small modular nuclear reactors which are the size of a football field and pro- provide the base load for, uh, for towns and cities across uh, across the UK uh, because I can I can only see that as the cleanest and most straightforward way forward. And, you know, That everybody hates the nuclear question because we all think of Hinkley C, but this is not; these are not Hinkley Cs. These are copy and paste uh, uh, buildings, um, and and the price would therefore could be kept under control. And and I think we have to take emotion out of it and look at look at the facts and figures. I understand that that might not be a popular viewpoint.
0: So yeah, I agree. We should be starting this process as soon as possible. Actually, through my work and um, campaigning for divestment, this process has kind of already been started. We've contacted uh, the pension fund. So, Alistair Thomas, who's a green councillor at the moment, and um, has written to the, the pension fund to ask them, will they consider it? And um, you know, where where are they at with it? What are their views on it at the moment? Just to kind of take a, a temperature test of of how far we have to go in convincing people and um, so that was really good to have that response but you know the council pension fund it, it doesn't exactly meet every other week so I think it will take a while and um, to get everyone on side but yeah I absolutely agree that we should um, accelerate that you know do that as quickly as is possible you know I would want to see that by the end of this council term I think that's that's a reasonable commitment to set and um, as a candidate that we should be committing to that by the end of this council term um, and uh, yeah that, that just to sort of mention a bit about sort of renewables and where we want this money to to be divested to. Um, absolutely, Scotland has huge um, onshore and offshore wind capacity, tidal, there's so many more um, things that we can be investing in. I don't support nuclear, I don't know if any of us would like a nuclear reactor or nuclear waste in our own uh, town, but yeah, that's just my personal opinion. Thank <laughs> you.
2: Yeah, uh, in Scotland we need uh, to continue with a, a green uh, revolution. Um, I really don't see the need for um, nuclear fission. Um, there's just n- no real need for it. Um, we can, If there's a will, there's a, we could easily rapidly increase microwave, uh, like wind, uh, solar, energy ac- across Scotland. Uh, technology is going on stream all the time. Uh, for uh, storing energy so um, already um, I've s- seen some um, new build uh, social housing in Dunblane which is great where they've got a Tesla Powerwall battery on, on the side of the wall to store uh, energy the electricity uh, as well as solar panels and and that kind of thing if you can imagine uh, those kind of Tesla Powerwall batteries or other brands um, are coming on stream all the time and if we Got to the point where all rented accommodation and all owner-occupier accommodation had these sort of batteries, had solar panels. The whole works across Scotland. If all the houses were properly insulated, so they had hardly any uh, heating requirements. The Lib Dems are in favour of uh, community heating as well. So, um, so, any, so, like um, in the barracks in uh, Stirling and Forside, where the, there's a waste heat coming from the uh, sewage area g- going to heat the barracks. That's the kind of thing that uh, the Lib Dems are all in favor of. Um, and so from a business point of view, if um, if as a country we've massively moved towards green energy and um, if you can imagine a, a vision where all like vehicles are running on hydrogen or on electricity, then there won't be uh, a fossil fuel <laughs> industry left anymore. There won't be a need for that. Um, And so divestment will come naturally as a a result of that. But uh, I would like to see our governments both at a Scottish, UK and local level all pushing for um, these kind of policies where we don't need to see any fossil fuels being used at all.
4: I think I've got to uh, agree with Amy. Nuclear is not the answer. And I'm afraid the Tories uh, are promoting opening up oil fields in the North Sea. Uh, That's hardly green, is it? Uh, Fracking's not back on the agenda. So uh, I'm sorry, the the Conservatives have really got to think again. As for the Falkirk Pension Fund, um, can I suggest you actually go into their website and and look at, at what they invest in? because they are, uh, I believe it's as low as 6% uh, invested, uh, which isn't a great deal. And it has already started, and it it did 10 years ago. And there are councillors on the pension fund, but they have a duty to to get the best deal for the people who pay into that that fund. So they, they have a difficulty, but they have made a case... Uh, and and the Falkirk Pension Fund, that if they can divest and still make a profit for the pensioners, people like me, I pay into the Edinburgh Pension Fund, and I I wrote to them 20 years ago, before I was a councillor, saying I wanted uh, divestment. So it is happening. Um, Will you ever get to zero? I I think uh, probably not. But it's it's well on its way, to be perfectly frank. And I I would hope it could be done in the next five to ten years.
3: Did write a lot. If you're, uh, you're, you're, uh. Um, yeah, I apologise for this one, possibly. Um, so many young people uh, feel that electoral politics is broken, and that politicians often have good talking points about climate action and a just transition away from fossil fuels, but it is hard to see that anything gets done. In lots of ways, this seems amplified at a local council level, with local councils appearing somewhat limited in terms of what they can realistically achieve. And so it seems that local politics is dominated by pop bin collection frequencies and potholes and roads. So what would you say to young people who feel disenfranchised with local politics? I'll happily start that off because I
5: have
4: to say as, as a councillor for 15 years and the wide range of, of, of issues you have to deal with. Um, it can range from from bad housing uh, right through to, to to flooding, and all I can say is that um, politics does matter to people, and we get tarred with the same brush as what happens in Westminster, and and, and again, there's a, there's a fellow councillor here tonight. We have an argy-bargy over the the table at each other, but then we go and have a coffee and we actually sit and chat and try and work things out as best we can. The politics won't go away, it has to have a part we're, we're in a party political position, but believe me we, we, everybody, uh, it doesn't matter who gets elected, wants to do their best for, for everybody, and that includes young people, because you're our future yeah, you're going to be paying my pension uh, it, it pretty soon once you, you get a job so I, I I personally rely on you we rely on you, because um, the, the, the purpose of it
0: Stirpod Network from the University of Stirling Podcasting Society. Find out more at www.stirpod.co.uk
2: Power grabbing to Holyrood. It's a bit of like the old passion way of Maggie Thatcher in the eighties, doing centralization of politics. Um, and so, if you want to see a difference between uh, the Liberal Democrats and the yeah. SNP, is how we actually believe in local uh, um, localism at a local level. We want to see uh, the local councils having as many powers as possible um, for what they need to do. Um, and so. For my closing remarks, I just want to encourage you all to think about um, what we want to do as Scotland. We're just trying to get out of recovery of COVID, and we need to focus all our energies on recovery from COVID. And if we're serious about climate emergency, we need to put all our energy, all our resources into tackling the climate emergency. And we can't do that if we get distracted over next year with a potential another Indy rep- referendum. And whilst that might not impact a local council, it sure will to suck out the oxygen out of a, a Scottish Parliament. Uh, and I don't want that distracting us from tackling the climate emergency. So th- thank you very much all for your time tonight. Um, and I hope uh, what we've all discussed tonight uh, will help you. In, Whatever, whichever party you want to, if, what you like, make sure you do actually go out and vote. Don't, um, on May the 5th, don't um, just sit at home and not vote. Thank you very much.
3: Um, yeah, thanks so much, um, Thank much. Um, for coming. Uh, it was yeah, great to have you here. Um, and good luck uh, on, for the rest of The, the, um, the question is, what obstacles do you face um, for implementing your most important climate policies, and how might you overcome those uh, obstacles that you believe might be there? Uh, I'll start with Amy. Yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's a big question. I, I think that and. Um, you know the, so the greens have one councillor just now in Stirling. we are hoping to grow that but but no matter what we will have to work across the political spectrum to to constantly be persuading people and um, to take the kind of radical climate action that the scottish greens believe in so i definitely think that will be a, a consistent a consistent kind of debate and discussion that we will come up against i think personally as a young woman it's, it can be difficult in politics. Um, it's not always, you know, people don't look at me and see a politician all the time. Um, so I definitely think there's that to overcome as well to, yeah, as, as an individual to, to be heard um, and taken seriously in politics, definitely. Um, and yeah, I think on a climate level, there's so much to do. There's so many organizations that we will need to work with. Um, at a local level, with communities, involving communities, and um, that, it, yeah, it's, it's not going to be an easy task, and I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, it'll all be fine and we'll do it, it, it is going to be a difficult, um, a difficult five years if we are to achieve the kind of change that we need. So, yeah, I hope that kind of answers this question. <laughs> Thank you.
1: There's no doubt about it that transport is going to be the hardest area of... Uh, emissions to cut. That's and so I'm not going to address that one tonight because it is so complex and I've got three minutes. Housing, however so emissions are emissions, so it's not very complex, so you start somewhere where you can get some progress. Housing is is the big one and that's where my knowledge base predominantly lies. Uh, in Stirling we have to start a conversation with our architects, with our architectural so technicians, with surveyors, with state agents, um, and with the construction industry to make sure that we have people in place who can order a house uh, and rate its EPC and the works that need to be done. We then need to have a construction industry then going in and delivering the works backed up by a much beefed up building control team um, that will then order those works and deliver the quality to mark. Again, the bottom line of this is where does the money come from? I've not suggested that it's paid for by the council, and the government knows it can't pay for it. We need to work out how that gets paid for, and there'll be an algorithm in there somewhere. But also, As I've said several times tonight, that conversation across the community of how we roll this out in a way that is fair and uh, doesn't penalise certain groups of people. But if I am elected um, on climate emissions, I think housing would be the immediate place to start whilst we have the more long term. conversations about energy energy production, uh, whether we switch to hydrogen uh, instead of gas, or whether we uh, go electric, how do we do that, um, and then of course how do we do transport, and, and you here in this room, if you want to be part of those conversations, I'm sure you can come to any one of us, but I would sincerely appreciate your support and your insights, and your
4: time and your energy with because, because we'll need it. Thank you. The biggest enemy, I'm afraid, is apathy. Um, we're committed, you're committed, but when you go knock on doors and you explain to people why we put 20 mile an hour in, they just don't believe you, they don't want to know. Um, so we've got a power of work to do to persuade people that this is the right thing to do. Now, we haven't touched on it tonight. I thought we might end up touching on it, but uh, you you live in uh, a ward that has the serious flooding problem should we have floods in Stirling. Uh, Corrington, Causeway Head, Riverside, Campus Kenneth are all going to flood, according to SEPA, and pretty soon. Now, and again, and I'm saying this because you, you need to know these things, we're, we're talking to communities and we're explaining to them that there's two ways of going about it. We either build high walls, which who wants that round riverside? If you live there, you don't want to lose your view, etc. Or you, you you take farmland up upstream and you allow that to flood, but you've got to pay the farmer for for that practice. So apathy, I'm afraid, is the biggest problem, and not in my backyard is the next biggest problem. You can do it but no no, no, outside my street. You're not getting a speed bump there. And seriously, that, that's the level that we're at sometimes in the council. We've got big ambitions and I agree with virtually everything that's been said tonight about transport, etc. And <sighs> We, we, our government, is getting pelters for trying to introduce a charge for parking in the city centre. Now, I'm not going to go there because we don't have a transport system to get people into the town as an alternative. But, you know, when all we get is negative feedback to the things that we want to do, and the bins is another one, by 2025, we are only going to be allowed to put 5% of our waste into landfill. Now, we're currently putting 44%. So you can see that between now and then, we've got to do something radical. Now, uh, the, the the target is 70%, and then there's a 25% that you've got to take and extract uh, energy from that waste, but 5% is the target, and it's only three years away, but everybody's complaining of, ah, my bin's no full. We've got to get people realising that, and it was mentioned, you, you can get a bigger blue bin but if you're a bigger family, but... But why not be targeting the the big companies of this world who who send you package? I'm trying not to name them. But they send you a package that big for something that size. We, we, you, us, have got to be telling them stop doing it, Amazon. I will mention it. (laughs) But seriously, why do you need that? There is so much cardboard and it can be recycled, but let's not produce it in the first place. Let's reuse uh, all all the terms that, that you want. So We've all got big ambitions, but we've got to take our public with us. And if they're not going to come with us, we've got to do things to them they don't like. And therein lies the problem. A lot of people don't want to do that. Now, I'm willing to do that. I've got the scars to prove it. But we've got to realise that not everybody wants to recycle. Not everybody accepts that there's a climate problem. But there is. We know that, that. The evidence is there. So... I'm afraid apathy, I I find, is the biggest problem at the minute.
3: Um, So, unless there's uh, any more questions from the audience or online, um, I think we'll move on to closing statements. Is everyone happy? Correct.
5: yeah?
3: yeah. I, I just gave my choice state. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fine. I, should, I, should, I, should, I thought did. I thought we were just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amy, Amy, you could... Yeah, I was more <laughs> <saying>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I hope this is okay.
3: We'll start with Amy, and if you guys have anything else more we're to add, you can. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, thanks to Global Justice for organizing this event. Thank you to everyone for, for coming along, for your contributions, questions, and everything online as well. So, as we've said already, in this election, you have an opportunity to vote for multiple parties and and elect multiple representatives, Um, and we want to have, um, you know, now more than ever, we need to have local representatives who will take decisions that benefit people and planet the most. In the last five years, what we've seen is Stirling Council declaring a climate emergency, but what I've not seen is an emergency response to follow that. So I would like to see an acceleration of the the 2045 target um, in line with 2030 with other councils that have agreed that as well. Um, Because by 2045, as I said earlier, our generation will already have inherited climate catastrophe. The IPCC have been clear, the science is clear, we have 10 years to solve this problem. So we can't afford to wait until 2045. As a councillor, I will fight for climate action, I will support communities and and community action, and work for a fair and greener sterling all round. So I'm asking you on the 5th of May to give your first practice vote to the Scottish Greens, think global and act local. Thank you.
3: Uh, Thanks, if you want to, yeah, just like a a brief remark as well.
1: So I set up Going Carbon Neutral Sterling in 2008. I worked on it unpaid for two years to get it to go. It was one of the biggest UK impacts, probably was the biggest UK behavior change program. And in some respects, it was successful. And in other respects, it wasn't successful. And it wasn't as successful as it could be because we didn't have the infrastructure. And 12 years on, we are still here. And that is why... I've stopped being a campaigner and I've become a politician because they are difficult political decisions that have to be taken over the next term. And I, I sincerely hope that you will support me in this election because I know what those decisions are. I've spent years and years on this subject matter and I speak at the very highest levels across the UK uh, with the scientists who provide the evidence and with the politicians So please consider me when you come to vote, because I will work my socks off, as I always have on on this particular issue and wider issues, obviously. And if you have anything that you want to pick up with me, uh, I'll hang around for the next five, or 10 minutes, or you can email me. And if you want to meet, great, let's meet. But the big thing is, and Jim's completely right, there's a wider apathy, which means we need more energy. There's only so much energy the people here can provide for people, okay? You're already bigger than that. If you care about this, you must care, because you've turned up, then come back to us after the election and offer your support, because we have so few years to make so much change. Thank you.
4: Yeah, My, my background is actually waste, uh, sewage waste, but um, the similarities between that and other types of waste um, is it's not insignificant because councils passed on um, the, the treatment of waste to, to, to Scottish water and their predecessors. And I know how difficult it is to persuade people uh, to, to deal with matters like this. When I came into council in 2007, my, uh, as I say, my background was waste and, and I, I got torn about it. Uh, we had a, um, a minority SNP administration for four out of the first five years. And we started off this process. Uh, and as I said earlier, if you go on and look at the, the annual reports, you'll see the, the, the great progress that we've made. And we, we've, we've had our targets that were set by government at the time. Um, we, we have adopted a, a climate uh, and uh, emergency plan, excuse me. But we've also included biodiversity in that, because it's not just about climate. Uh, it was some, I think it was yourself, Amy, made the point about the pollinator strategy. Well, we piloted that last year. Uh, we're out discussing with communities how we can widen that. But people tell us it's just about stopping cutting grass. Well, it's not. It's about saving bumblebees, etc. cetera. There's, there's good, solid reasons why we do things. So we, we've made good progress, but and I've made the point before, we've so much more to do, and I, I don't mind working. We, we did set up the, the the climate emergency committee, which was all party for that reason. That none of us have the the full answers, and we've all got to work collectively. And again, if I'm, I'm re-elected and, and uh, we take the administration, which is a possibility. Um, we've put up enough candidates to do that. But if we're in a minority, we will work with whoever to, to, to push this progre- uh, progress program, sorry, back into uh, good shape and uh, move onward.
3: Um, yeah, fantastic. All right, um, it's been great to have you all. Um, and I wish you all the best of luck um, on the campaign trail. And uh, yeah, just a reminder, everyone, go um, to your local polling station on the 5th of May and cast your ballots. It's really important, um, and get your friends too as well. Even, yeah, I'm sure you guys all know, but um, even if they're like only here for a year, like they can also vote. I mean, if they've had to sign up to vote by the 18th, but um, (laughs) yeah, get get everyone you know to vote, um, and hopefully... next year, um, the next time we're here, we won't be um, having so much of the same conversation. Yeah, (laughs) great.
0: Pod network from the University of Stirling Podcasting Society. Find out more at www.stirpod.co.uk